Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Two on the Chris and Amy show, Chris Ranji, Amy Mark scores as we welcome into the studio from the KMOX newsroom, Sean Malone, who had the weirdest story I've ever heard. This has to do with, you remember, the unwanted drone surveillance in South City from SMS Novel. Well, the drone company said it would stop, and then it said, no, 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 we are actually, we're going to double down, and we're going to recruit people. And all I know, Sean, is that listening to your reporting this morning, I was listening to Total Information AM as I was getting ready, I just stopped. Like, I just stopped (laughs) brushing my hair, whatever I was doing. And listened to your story with rapt attention because it's so bizarre. So with that teeing it up like that, I'm going to let you take the floor. Yeah, so I went into the backstory on this company uh, and down the rabbit hole, I guess, if you will, is how it wound up turning with, you know, it has all these different business ventures that they've tried. And every couple of months, it'll be some new thing that they're trying to do. There was a stretch where it was kind of interactive novels through text message, which the name SMS novel, that's where it came from, I guess. I was Think of like what, Goosebumps. Yeah. Like Goosebumps yeah. basically is how that worked, where... Um, They're going, you know, you get to a part where they prompt you with a question and you do something else. And all of this and much of their company is powered by ChatGPT, I was able to find out as well. I saw Reddit's where he's asking how to hook that up to ChatGPT without having to hook it up to the Internet. You know, the whole text message responding thing. So that was very interesting with that aspect of it. Then it evolved into more films, and that's where things got sketchy. Okay, yes. And let me just then reset. So the SMS novel films... Which is a drone company. And none of those words go together. No. None of it And that's sense. where I went down first of like, what's this company's backstory? Because this is something new that yes, they are okay. doing. And I was like, what's, what have they done before? Where did this come from? And then they started getting into films a bit more. Um, and that's where some sketchy things would arise. I found an old version of their website, and that's where I was able to find a lot of this stuff. Um, they made a similar claim that they produce or published twelve thousand books, and similarly have claimed that they've produced twelve thousand movies. You know, all with ChatGPT. Best I could find is a few books for sale. 84, not 12,000. A handful of movies, nowhere near 12,000. And at best, a list of titles that followed the same exact cadence as if the list was generated by ChatGPT. It would be a quote followed up by a description. Every single title pretty much followed that cadence. So my feeling is these aren't all legitimate. He went into ChatGPT typed in, give me 12,000 book titles. And that's what he came away with. Um, So that's where I think that came from, the 12,000 claim. 
Um, the further I went into the rabbit hole, the weirder it got and the sketchier it got. I found a page where you can audition your dog to be in his film. You know, a new film about Jesus and a dog that followed him, uh, which is fun and all. And you click on it. Well, here's the kicker. You click on it. You have to charge $200. You get charged $200 for your dog to audition. And I have not found any evidence that this film exists or is real or anything. I've seen nothing of it. Um, so that was one of the first sketchy things I found. But the big, I guess, iceberg under the water of sketchiness that I found was a 10-minute long bizarre video where they call themselves, SMS Novel refers to themselves in this video as a cult like no other, a writing cult like no other. It describes, uh, it uses an AI voiceover. It sounds very much like one of those typical TikTok AI voiceovers that you can do and describes this tale of this man who sought out SMS novel, um, found them, you know, wanted to see what their operation was like, saw people feverishly writing away. At one point, they step outside in a circle, uh, lift their heads up and raise their arms into the sky to draw. And I quote, draw inspiration from the sun. Uh, it's a very bizarre video. It's got this weird music behind it as well. If you listen to my report this morning, you probably heard some of that. That music I wasn't adding. That was from their video. It just makes it sound even more culty. Now, I did get a chance to speak with one employee. She didn't want to be named. She did not uh, want to be recorded. But she said that they all met through Zoom. It was, you know, and she only spoke with the owner a handful of times. So she couldn't really speak to him and what he was like, the owner Jomo Johnson. But uh the best that I could surmise from that is they aren't actually meeting in person at all. So maybe this isn't a cult, but they're saying it's a cult. So it's one of those like, are they actually getting together and doing this? No. But is it even weirder than that they're saying that they are? It sounds like a psychotic collection of services, whether it is have your mm-hmm. dog audition to be in a movie about Jesus. That you have to pay for, or, and you yeah. get a couple of images and a, like a video reel or yeah. something like that afterwards. Like I said, there's a new business venture every few months, it seems. It's very hard to keep track of, and... This just seems to be that latest venture, the offering, you know, you can, we'll have drones flying around, you can subscribe to watch the drone footage, you can request a drone to come see you, and, you know, I've been trying to get in touch with the owner of the company, <laughs> well, and we'll, we'll get into, you know, it's funny uh, at first, but I, I have uh-huh. some serious concerns about this company that I've wanted to get in touch with the owner about, but he said he won't speak until after their first go about today, their first run today. My concern yeah. is, how do you know that this is... When I say I want a drone to follow me, how do you know that's me making that request? That's the big question in terms of their current business operation that they have. And it's not someone requesting a drone pretending to be their ex, and now they have a drone that's following their ex. Uh, On his website, he has claimed one of the practical uses for his company's business model is you could have the drone follow your kids home from school to make sure that they're safe. No. Oh, yeah, exactly. Absolutely not. How do you know that I'm allowed to have contact with my children? How do you know these are my children? And this is a something that he suggested as a practical use. So there, I, I don't see any sort of verification process. He's even said in another video that the drones, you won't actually 
see the drone pilot. It's not like they're going to come up to you. Hi, I'm Chris Ranji. I'm going to be your drone pilot today, following you around for the next couple of hours. They just drive up, park somewhere, unleash their drone, and now the drone is just flying around. So there's no, as far as I've seen, verification that they're following you. So that's this just seems to be that next iteration of a business model for this company that's been very much all over the place with some wild claims from, you know, 12,000 books, 12,000 movies to the claim that they are a cult like no other. It is a giant red flag that he refuses to talk about his service until he has data or whatever he thinks he's going to do. Because you would think that if you're an out of, especially if you're an out of town operator, and you're trying to gain trust, you would absolutely talk to people and talk them through the process and say, no, this is a good thing. This is why it's a good thing. So anytime you want to reach out to me, I'm glad to help you out. And the fact that he refuses that much, that is a that is a huge problem. And you would think also to try to just if let's say there is a legitimate, you know, operation that you're trying to do here, I would think dispelling some of the concerns that citizens have would be something you would want to do with this mm-hmm. company that you're starting and trying to get off the ground as opposed to just once the you know the image of you the reception from the city turns sour then you just go you know off the grid radio silent not speaking to anyone not saying anything new in weeks at this point um and they're doubling down on flying in St. Louis as well. After the cease and desist, when they rejected that, uh, they posted on their website they're actually having a company retreat in St. Louis as well uh, the week of February the 11th. So there's going to be a whole bunch of them. Um, you know, I say a whole bunch. Again, he's claimed in one video that his company is a cult. I've spoken to an employee who said, no, it was all freelance writers over Zoom. Um, so we'll see if anyone actually is showing up or if this is just a little stirring of the pot here. But he's at least trying to organize a company outing for a week in St. Louis. So he's certainly not shying away from the the city, despite the cease and desist, despite, you know, residents saying they don't want it here. We've heard that quite a bit. Um, I know our local alders have heard that quite a bit as well uh, from their their residents in their wards. So he's doubling down on St. Louis. It sounds like a uh, maniac wants to film, use drones to film people in our city. I mean, this guy is ridiculous looking at your story listening to your story you google his name and the different random books and stories that come up Mm -hmm. very bizarre like you said he's like it's faith-based but he sounds like a cult and then he's writing stories about like this is how you should act if jesus were to come back in 77 days that's one of his books um everything is very you see what i'm saying when i say down the rabbit hole with him yes like this like kind of prophecy end of times but he's also uh you know doing drones for security he sounds like an actual maniac or narcissist or whatever and it's so bizarre that regular normal people living in the city the local government can't stop this weirdo from filming your uh, residents. Now, there are no laws like saying you would do jail time or anything like that. But I spoke with our legal analyst, Brad Young, and what we figured out was really interesting is the right to publicity angle. You can't be filmed for commercial purposes without receiving compensation or giving permission. 
This company's business model is very flawed in that regard then because that's exactly what they're doing. If they get close enough, they're going to be filming people without their permission because it's a drone flying down the street. Now, you have to get a good look at that person. It can't just be, you know, the 200-foot-up shot and, oh, is that that person? Here's a caveat with that as well. I haven't. I th- believe it's been taken down this page on his website, but I had previously seen a page where he advertised his drones are going to use Amazon recognition, Amazon's AI facial recognition software. If they are able to recognize your face, that's close enough to recognize a person, I would imagine, mm-hmm. for a right to publicity, which means it would be pretty easy if you're filmed to just file a lawsuit against this company. You profited off of my image Without my consent, without paying me. You know, that's why if you see all those, you know, hidden camera shows like in Practical Jokers, a lot of people in the background, their faces are blurred. They didn't get their permission for that. Same kind of concept here. So he would either have to blur faces, his pilots would have to blur faces in real time while operating a drone, which kind of sounds like a very tech version of trying to pat your head and rub your stomach at the same time. Or... His business model is wide open for a lawsuit, and that includes the pilot as well. Brad believes that could be the pilots and the company that could be found uh, liable in the suit. Sean Malone, a reporter for KMOX. Can people find your story on the website as well right now? Working on that right now, going through a couple of the screenshots. That way they can see the things that we found as well, but that will be up on the website shortly. And then also you can download the Odyssey app. You can rewind live radio to listen to the report this morning and the TIAM, uh, Total Information AM podcast, wherever podcasts, wherever you get them. The same with the Chris and Amy show, because I highly recommend you click on the audio of Sean's story because the cult music and the people talking in robotic voices, it is the weirdest thing. And and I just remember, I had no idea when we talked about this drone company coming in to help with security in St. Louis that we were talking with uh, what seems to be a maniac. Yeah, (laughs) odd is what I would say, but it's again, it's one of those, you're claiming it's a cult, your company. Yeah. Like, this isn't our words. This is what your video published on an old version of your website says. Well, um, you uh, what was your office quote you had? Oh, the Creed Bratton, yeah. where, uh, you know, Creed says, uh, you Friend have more. The show. Yeah. Yeah, he was just yeah, on just right. recently. Uh, that's right. He, I, I love Creed from The Office. He's one of, if not my favorite character. But uh, he had one quote where, you have more fun in a cult as a follower, but make more money as the leader. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I think uh, I think you'd add that to your story. It might add a little, you know, pizzazz and humor. Sean Malone, the KMOX Newsroom, thank you so much. No problem. He's Chris Ranji. I'm Amy Marks. Gores, hey, Ranj, the Grammys were last night. Baby. We're going to talk about that. And guess who? Taylor Swift in just a minute. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Well, the Grammys were last night. Chris Ranji, I'm Amy Mark Scores. And did you see the Tracy Chapman, Luke Combs duet mashup of Fast Car? I did not. I heard about it. I saw a screenshot of it. Yeah. I don't really. Yeah, I don't like the song that much. 
I never did. Really? So you yeah, never I even liked yeah, the Tracy like Chapman. It. So I've I was actually talking to uh before way before the Grammys, uh to Mason Jar about the song Fast Car because Luke Combs obviously covered it and there were tons of Gen Zers who didn't know that that wasn't his song. They just thought it was Luke Combs' yeah. song. And Mason Jar was like, that's pretty messed up. Like, Tracy Chapman is a legend. Uh, this is her song. It's famously her song. And there's a whole generation of younger kids who just think, oh, this is Luke Combs. Um, so I'm glad that she was able to be um, honored a bit and play her own song at the Grammys. Yeah, no, that was good that she's getting the recognition. And I think that song has been her version of it has gotten a lot of downloads since all of this happened. Because for the people who are curious, mm-hmm. you know, if, if a, a song comes out and they want to know where it came from and, you know, they find the original version. Um, I was like that with the, um, oh gosh, the the uh, the Joe Cocker version mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, Get By With A Little Help From My Friends. I don't think a lot of people knew that well that it was a Beatles song. I mean, Ringo I would hope Star they would sing it. Yeah, Ringo. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, the the Joe Cocker version, the first time I was exposed to that song was it was the um, the theme song for uh, the Wonder Years. Yep, and that's how I knew it, right? And then you know, my parents were like, "Hey, that's a Beatles song," you know. I thought, "Oh, okay." I mean, I was a kid when yeah. that came out, and so I didn't know. Um, but yeah, that song never did much for me. But it's good that she's getting the recognition for it. Yeah, I, I, I love. I think her version is forever the version that that feels right for the essence of that song. And I say that only because you bring up "I Get By with a Little Help from My Friends" and how Ringo Starr's version was a little kitschy. Yeah, <laughs> and Joe Cocker actually made it soulful. And it was it's a a, better version. It's a very yeah, I think it's a better version. Hey, Ronj, something else happened last night. More importantly, I want to say thank you to the fans by telling you a secret that I've been keeping from you for the last two years, which is that my brand new album comes out April 19th. It's called. It's called the Tortured Poets Department. I'm going to go and post the cover right now backstage. Thank you. I love you. And she did. That was Taylor Swift um, after she won the pop, best pop vocal album for her album Midnight's, announcing that she has a new album coming out in April. The Tortured Poets Department. Fourth time she's won in that category. She is uh, she's prolific, Amy. Absolutely she is prolific. prolific. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think she's bow down to beleaguered. her. It's time. I think she's doing a great job. Hey, he's yeah, Chris is. Ranji. I'm Amy Mark. Score. Someone else is doing a great job. Matt Pauly, Kingwalk Sports fella. He joins us yeah. next. It is the Chris and Amy show with you on a Monday morning. Hope you are listening. Well, a variety of ways. 1120 AM is the original. You can also check out 98.7 FM, super clear signal. The Odyssey app, it's free to download. You can listen to us wherever you go. Carry us with you. Also, Rewind Live Radio, which is a great feature, and the Chris and Amy Show podcast. You can subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Listen to Hour by Hour or different segments. Very convenient. Also, because we're 
really just giving people over here. Ranj, you like yes. Barry Manilow? Dude, do I like Barry Manilow? Yeah. What kind of question is that? It's a ridiculous I love question. Barry, I love Barry Manilow, and guess what? What? He's coming to Enterprise Center mm-hmm. July 25th, and we are giving away tickets to see him today, tomorrow, the day after that, the day after that, and Friday. Unbelievable. We're doing it today. You're darn again. right. Again. Well, we're gonna I don't feel like there's been a day, Amy, in the last three weeks yeah. where we haven't given away tickets for something. Maybe mm. month. No, I, all we do is give. We're givers, yeah, honestly. That's right. We're just pouring ourselves out for the listeners. Mm-hmm. And Barry Manilow, baby. Enterprise Center, July 25th. Keep listening for your chance to win a pair of tickets Let's to see go. Mr. Manilow. Well, um, he may not be Barry Manilow, but he is our KMOX sports fella. And that's Matt Polly joining us today in our KMOX Sports Update, which is sponsored by Renner Garage Door, R-E-N-N-E-R, forward and back, family owned and top rated, RennerDoorSTL.com. Hey, Matt, how you doing? I'm good. That's an interesting introduction. I may not be Barry Manilow, but <laughs> I'm here. I'm willing to talk to you. I mean, yeah, who here. is You are Barry no Manilow. Barry Manilow, Bubba. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, that's why I, mean, oh, I was say that's when my my first book, The Lola Papers, the name Lola is from the Barry Manilow song Copacabana. That's oh. Barry Manilow, right? <laughs> Apparently, yeah. when I was a kid, I loved that song. Really? That's what my parents tell me. Do you, do you still like that song, Ronge? Uh, it's fine. Okay, it's fine. You yeah. must have been adorable if you were dressed as a Christmas tree for Halloween, listening yep. to Copacabana by Barry no Manilow. Question. No question. That's adorable. Hey Matt, do you think you were as cute as I was as a child? Uh probably cuter, but I mean, who knows? I I disagree. I don't know if we've had a chance to talk uh, since the Cardinals signed uh, Keenan Middleton, which is some bullpen help that I think they. They certainly need. What do you think of the move and what it means for the bullpen overall? Yeah, I really like the move, especially, you know, he was okay with the White Sox last year, but then he went to the Yankees and he was really, really good. Sub two ERA in his time with the Yankees. He's always striking out more than one per inning. He throws hard. He can still pitch to contact if you need to. He's not a, he's not a bad ground ball guy, but he can strike a lot of guys out. Uh, I really like the signing. I, he's, now, the, the thing that I've said over and over and over is the Cardinals need more guys that you can hand the ball to in the seventh inning if you're up by one run and you feel comfortable with it. And for me, Middleton checks those boxes. So I, I like the signing a lot. He's a good addition to the bullpen. So how much better is the pen right now? I think it's I'm, – I'm starting to get comfortable with it, and I was completely uncomfortable with it. So I guess they're significantly better, if I put it in those terms, uh, between him and, and, and Kittredge and the guys who they have coming back. I feel like there's more high-leverage options. They just didn't have a lot of high-leverage options. And the other thing it does is you're, you're relying on some guys on the back end of the bullpen who don't have a huge track record. I loved what JoJo Romero did down the stretch of the season last year. There's nothing that says he can't do that again, but there's also no guarantee that he will be able to find that. So if all of a sudden JoJo Romero isn't the same guy this year, you've got some protection. If Ryan Helsley uh, deals with injury issues as he has throughout his career or on the days that he's not available, 
you've got some protection. So they just they need more guys at the back end of the bullpen, and I feel like that's what they got when they uh, got uh, Middleton. Yeah, and, and that's an area that we've all we've done is talk about pitching, whether it's starting pitching, bullpen, uh, regardless. We feel like that's the area they need to improve the most. I'll I'll ask you this again as we get closer to spring training and tomorrow, a week from tomorrow, mm-hmm. is when pitchers and catchers report. So it's 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 coming up here very, very quickly. Do you think that between now and then it is possible that something else is done, whether it's on the starting staff or on the bullpen, because we know there are a bunch of guys still available out there that might end up having to take one year deals. Yeah. I I think it's possible when you ask it that question, is it possible? Yeah, it's possible. Is it likely? Is it probable? No, I would put it under 50% at this point in time. But the fact of the matter is, as you said, pitchers and catchers report a week from tomorrow. So, in the you know, hitters can come to spring training a little bit late, and it doesn't affect them the way that pitchers do. If you're a pitcher, you want to be there on the day, on report date, and just have your normal spring training schedule. So perhaps some of these guys who are still out there start feeling the pressure of not having a job, and the price comes back to the Cardinals. Is that a possibility? Yeah, it's a, it's, it certainly is a possibility, but is it a likely outcome? I don't think so. Well, I know it was a lot of talk with the World Baseball Classic. That was last spring where some of the pitchers were getting less practice, right, beforehand? Yeah, well, they um, they were on a different schedule. You know, they, you, you when they were at the WBC last year, they didn't have their normal pitching every so many days and, you know, guaranteed this amount of pitches and things like that. So it just knocked them off their schedule a little bit. Do you think that was a a big deal, um, that change of schedule, since pitchers are, I mean, you would think they're pretty particular about their preseason routine. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth on this one because I, I do think it's a big deal in the sense that routine and schedule, especially early on in spring training, is so important. And it goes back to what I was just saying, why pitchers don't want to miss the start of spring training because all of a sudden just everything is off. And it's really, really hard to catch up. So to, to say that it didn't impact things, I think, would be naive. However, one of the things that really frustrates me is last year, as the Cardinals had a million guys in the WBC, the narrative was, oh, how great this is. They're playing games that matter. They're participating you know, for the pitchers. They're throwing innings that matter. They're getting this before anybody else. And this is going to pay dividends once the season gets started. Well, it didn't pay a dividend. It did the exact opposite. And then all of a sudden, the narrative and the storyline started to change, and it felt like kind of an excuse. So it's one or the other. If you're worried about the WBC having a negative impact on guys, then say that from the beginning. Don't change your story once things don't go especially well. Oh, I, I think it absolutely is a detriment to everybody. I I think you can look at... The event last year, and it was probably the first time watching the World Baseball Classic, I felt like, oh, this is fun. Okay, this is this is cool. I, I like this, while knowing that it's detrimental to the baseball teams, to the, to the major league teams, that you don't have your guys in camp. So, but I also don't think there's a good time to play it. Mm-hmm. You can't play it no, before that... the season. You can't play it at the end of the season. There just isn't a good time for it. 
Correct. That is the. I think that's the least terrible time. All times are terrible. That's the least terrible time to play it. I do think it's good for the game. Uh, I I'm a big believer in growing the game, promoting the game. Uh, being able to to wear the jersey with USA written on the front is pretty darn cool for these guys. So I don't, I don't want to get rid of it. Uh, I I don't know what the answer is though because as we saw maybe. Maybe you limit, I don't know, I was about to say maybe you limit how many guys can go, but that's not fair to the guys. There's guys who play for a bunch of different teams, a bunch of different countries, and saying, well, the Cardinals are only allowed to have 10 players. Like that just That's not fair. So I don't know what the answer is. I don't want to get rid of it because it's good for baseball, but it does have a negative impact. Maybe the, maybe the teams need to have more of a voice and more of a role in what, what is going on because I've, I've heard some rumblings that some people were maybe unhappy with the way pitchers were used and, and the way they were able to work, but even between appearances in the WBC, maybe there just needs to be a little bit more control from the teams on what's going on with these guys on an everyday basis. Uh, kind of along that same note of a professional league playing in a different event. It was the NHL All-Star Weekend and uh, Gary Bettman, NHL, made the announcement that at least for the next two Olympics, NHL players will be allowed to participate. With the Winter Olympics, it happened smack dab in the middle of the NHL season. Players have played before, then they have not been allowed to play, and they have played. And it's gone back and forth. I know generally the consensus is the players love it. They want the opportunity to play in the Olympics. General managers and owners do not like it for obvious reasons. It's the middle of the season. We've seen teams lose key players. You're, you could be in first place, second place, competing for a playoff spot, and then your lead goal scorer gets hurt in the Olympics. And so I know players are excited, but, man, I get it. If I'm a general manager and owner, it would make me very nervous. Yeah, I get it. Like, you're right, but it's it's the Olympics, and it's the chance to represent your country. I. Again, this kind of goes back to what we were saying with the WBC. I just think um, sometimes other things are bigger than your than your you know professional team and being able to represent your country. That's a really big thing. And the NHL, you know, the NHL also announced this. What was the Four Nations tournament that they're going to do instead of the All Star break one year in like 2024, 2025? If they were really that worried about it, they wouldn't be adding another international tournament in addition to the Olympics. So. I think that worry has gone down a little bit. If you're the NHL, you want as many eyes on your product as possible. And if you're, yeah. when I say your product, it's beyond NHL games. Your players are your product. There's going to be a lot more people paying attention uh, from a national standpoint to what's going on in the Olympics than what's going on, uh, you know, on a random Tuesday night when Winnipeg is, you know, matched up against San Jose. So it's good for the NHL. There's a, is there a cost to it? Of course there is. Guys are going to get hurt. There's going to be bad things that happen. But the, the positives way, way, way outweigh the negatives. Yeah, and I, I know baseball teams don't really like it. They mm-hmm. would prefer to have their guys in camp. Um, it's good, for, as you both have said, it's good for the exposure of the sport to other people, to other countries, and so on and so forth. But teams getting ready for a baseball season, they don't want to have to give up their like, players. They just like, don't. The Mets losing yeah. Edwin Diaz, like yeah. the yeah. best closer in baseball. He got hurt. Yeah. Was it a home run celebration? Yep. 
That yep. hurts. They just, they just, they want to have. You can get hurt in spring training, but teams would rather have it happen on their watch than when they don't have control. Hey, last thing, Matt, I have yeah. the uh, it's Super Bowl week, mm-hmm. and the Chiefs and um, 49ers have both arrived in Las Vegas. What's your favorite thing about the week? Just getting it over with, so we can get to the game. Wow. Uh, it's, it's, okay, you're fun. <laughs> Sorry, I mean you see the. The stuff that I, I think today is the big media day where you have crazy people asking stupid questions. Like, it's kind of funny or whatever, but just get to the game. Uh, that's why I love the AFC-NFC Championship weekend so much. Because you get two Super Bowl caliber games without all the stuff that goes along with Super Bowl week. So, I am uh, – just get to the game. Now, I do – I'm not going to lie. I enjoy the commercials. That's uh, that's that's a fun part of the Super Bowl. But in terms of the week, but, you know, now through Saturday – just get through these days so you can get to Super Bowl Sunday. Okay. Okay. Well, poo-poo yeah. the week. Wait, yeah. Wow. Well, do you, do you have yeah. something that you especially enjoy about Super Bowl week? Yeah, I love the Players Association party. Everybody's there. Yeah. Me too. And just yeah. the general anticipation. Everybody yeah. talking. Everyone saying, "Hey, what are you doing for the Super Bowl?" Love that question. Yeah, I want to go to the Casino Royale party with Maxim. That's what I want to do. The magazine or your friend. I don't know. It's the magazine, I think. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> like, is it the Casino Royale on the street? Like that's a, that's kind of a crappy casino. Oh, uh, well, hey. that tracks. That's on brand, Ron. Yeah. Well, yep. I started Super Bowl week by watching Ocean's Eleven last night. Oh, that was on TV. I mm-hmm. saw that. I like that movie. I like I it a too. lot. It's a good movie. And 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 along the lines of what we were talking about earlier, also a remake. <laughs> That's right. We're going to watch the original with Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and Peter Lawford and Sammy Davis Jr. It's awesome. But you didn't know that, did you, Matt Pauley? No, I, I absolutely did know that. Um, if it was on TV, does that mean you watched it with commercials? Oh, maybe? baby, did I ever. And that's why I didn't finish it, because it was about oh. six and a half hours long on television. Oh. So like, I didn't get to finish the on movie. some streaming service. What are you doing watching commercials? I don't know. Call me old-fashioned. Yeah. All right, Matt. Thank you so much. You bet. Matt Pauley, host of Sports Open Line, KMOX Sports Villa. I didn't ask him about Sports Open Line. Oh, it's on tonight probably from 6, six to, to eight. 8. Yeah. Yeah, and it usually is. to close out our sportsy segment, congratulations to Emily Sisson of Chesterfield, Missouri. She doesn't live here anymore, but that was listed as her hometown. She came in second in the Marathon Olympic Trials on Saturday, and she will be going to Paris. She ran for two years at Parkway Central. Oh. Yep, American record holder in the marathon. He's Chris Ranji. I'm Amy Mark Scores. This is the Chris and Amy Show on KMOX. Chris Ranji, Amy Mark Scores with you along today. Hey, we've got a text from a friend of the show, Alderwoman of the 10th Ward, Shamim Clark Hubbard. I know her. You do know her. And um, she is hosting alongside Alderman Michael Browning. A town hall. It's a joint town hall. Um, It is tonight from 6.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. And it is at the Union Avenue Christian Church, the parking entrance off at Enright Avenue. And it's, again, Union Avenue Christian Church. You can hear from their special guest, 
Circuit Attorney Gabe Gore. You'll also hear from neighborhood improvement specialists as they're talking about um, improving the area, problem properties, and so forth. So it's a joint town hall with Alderwoman Shamim Clark Hubbard, Alderman Michael Browning with special guest Circuit Attorney Gabe Gore. That is tonight at 6.30 p.m. Nice. So open to the public. Yep. It's for the public. Yep. Um, And especially if you're in that ninth or 10th ward, um, directly affecting your area. And uh, yeah, something you might want to check out. Um, Raj, people concerned about you, hoping you Uh feel better. Yeah, I'll be all right. Yeah. Most likely I'll be all right. Well, you never know. You never know. I could take a turn for the worst. It could happen overnight. It could. And so we'll keep you updated on that as well. I will keep you updated. And and if you don't hear from me, then you'll know what happened. (laughs) That's right. That's right. But he didn't get canned. So he's still with us so far. (laughs) It is Chris Ranji. I'm Amy. Mark scores anything you missed. Hey, we'll recap it in just a couple of minutes. It's the Chris and Amy show on KMOX. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.